0: Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. However, this is the internet, so you can listen whenever you feel like. Tonight, my guest is Alex Newman of the New American and the Liberty Sentinel and the Epoch Times and a half a dozen other places. And we're discussing how COVID is being used to install tyranny, big tech censorship, the deep state, and how Biden is helping the Russians by vowing to cancel fracking. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup, and... Andrew Chapados' brand new show. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe. And with Andrew's new show in the mix, it's a better bargain than ever. And just for my podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code PODCAST. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. And now please, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. When Biden bans fracking, who is he really helping? And tonight we're talking about how global elites are using the COVID crisis to install tyranny. I'm Sheila Gunn Reid, and you're watching The Gun Show. You know, for four years, the Democrats could absolutely not shut up about Russian collusion and their unproven, unfounded, actually debunked conspiracy theories about Donald Trump colluding with the Russians to, I don't know, seize the presidency. However, there is real Russian collusion, and it is between Joe Biden, the Democrats, the environmental movement, and Russian-owned Gazprom, the Russian natural gas company. You see, when Joe Biden keeps his promise to ban fracking the way he kept his promise to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. It's Gazprom and the Russians who benefit and it's Gazprom that is allowed to maintain its extreme stranglehold on Eastern Europe. And the collusion part comes when the Russians are funneling money to the environmental movement in America to lobby those very willing Democrats to do the dirty deed, to ban fracking. And nobody's talking about any of it. Doesn't fit that neat and tidy narrative, though, does it? So today I'm going to be talking about that issue, plus big tech censorship, plus COVID as a vehicle for international tyranny, And so much more with one of my very favorite guests to the show that I frankly don't have on the show quite enough Alex Newman of The New American and The Liberty Sentinel and Epoch Times and about six other publications. Anyway, here's the interview we recorded earlier. from his home in the freest state in the union, and I bet the weather is wonderful there, is Alex Newman. He's the senior editor of the New American. He is also the founder of the Liberty Sentinel. He's got a new book out um, that we're gonna talk about later. And Alex is also a contributor to the Epoch Times and probably a half a dozen other publications. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Please give us an update about Florida because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, The mainstream media, they couldn't shut up about how Florida was mishandling the pandemic and that New York was doing such a great job on the pandemic. But this week news is that maybe New York was much, much worse than even we already know that they were bad.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Sheila. It's great to be with you again. And I'll tell you, I have never appreciated being a citizen of the great state of Florida more than I do right now. We are so blessed here. Uh, You know, we get visitors from California or other states, and they're like, you you can go to restaurants and and you don't have to put a diaper on your face, and you can go to (laughs) church and nobody's social distancing. Like, yeah, life goes on as normal here. So great. You know, it's it's amazing. And, And, you don't appreciate it until you start realizing that everybody else is losing their liberties. So uh, I can tell you it is, uh, it's is—it's a great thing to be in Florida. We do have beautiful weather outside. It's sunny. It, w- it was a little chilly this morning. I, I know you guys in Canada are going to think this is hilarious, but it was like 4 degrees Celsius. And for me, that's a little chilly. But I went for a walk on the beach last night, and I was- it's just a wonderful place to be, Sheila.
0: I think it's minus 25 here Celsius, so I don't know what that isn't in fahrenheit we have trudeau's dad's uh (laughs) way of measuring uh temperature here so i don't know why what that translates to the rest of the world but it is really really cold um alex i wanted to talk to you about some of the work that you're doing over at the new american first thing um i want to talk to you about is an interview that you did with a venezuelan born philosopher and law expert, carlos casanova and He wrote an article about how uh, COVID is really being used to crack down on civil liberties, and it's, I guess, as we're seeing so often, the vehicle for tyranny.
1: Yeah, it was a fascinating interview. So this man was a philosophy of law professor in Venezuela. He's a Venezuelan by birth. And then when the totalitarians took over, he fled to Chile. Now he's a professor of philosophy of law at Catholic University in Santiago, the capital there. And uh, he teamed up with an American neurologist and they wrote this phenomenal paper. It's now been translated into I don't know how many languages uh, showing the medical component, the ethical component, the legal component, and showing that. Uh, The so-called cure for the coronavirus, really tyranny, is infinitely more dangerous and infinitely more harmful than the supposed problem that it's taking care of. And he ta- they talk about the religious persecution, the, the health damage that these lockdowns are doing, the, the fact that so many people are not able to get medical care. So it was really interesting. And of course, he's being censored for this. But I would really hope that people would go take a look at this, especially people who maybe have been watching too much television and they're convinced that we need tyranny to protect us from COVID. Go read this. All right? It's written by Uh, One of the the authors is a doctor. They know what they're talking about. They show their evidence. And and I think at this point, it really should be clear that the cure, so-called, is far, far worse than the disease.
0: You know, nobody really talks about that. The suicides due to, you know, extreme isolation um, and the especially for men. Economic crisis is a suicide trigger for men, but we're not supposed to talk about men's mental health because, you know, ooh, ooh, icky, toxic masculinity, so the left tells me. And they don't also talk about the drug overdoses. Again, a lot of this stuff is triggered by loneliness, and, um, you know, we're, we're worried about—and, I mean, every every person who dies, that's, a, you know, an image bearer of the divine, and their life is valuable— but what about everybody else, the, these uh, mental health issues that are being exacerbated by this forced isolation? Humans are social creatures. And so to force us into isolation, I mean, it is severely damaging to us. And I often wonder about little kids. I mean, if you're four or five years old, you spent the last year separated from normal people, which means your, some of your earliest memories are having to wear a mask and being told not to hug your little friends. I think it's tragic.
1: It is, and, and if you just look at the data component of it and you realize that these aren't just numbers, these are people's lives, you realize we are witnessing uh, the unfolding of a tragedy that is almost unprecedented in human history. If you look at the American numbers, 50 million people lost their jobs in the early part of the lockdown in the United States. That's about a third of our workforce. Imagine what that does to a family. Imagine what that does to the person who had the job. Uh, we've got hundreds of thousands of businesses now that are closed that will never reopen. Every one of those was a, a human being. These are people who invested their lives and their life savings and their time and and, and everything. Uh, for nothing. Right. It, it's all been destroyed. And for what? So people could go shop at Walmart so people could order from Amazon so that Jeff Bezos could double his net worth while he's using the Washington Post, which he bought up to promote this lockdown hysteria, to promote the demonization of people like my governor who refused to cave on this. Uh, it, it's so grotesque. You look at it; just every category of data that you look at. You realize we're watching a horror story here. I just saw one yesterday. the The murder rate across American cities has increased by thirty percent in just one year. There's there's no modern precedent for this in all of human history. People are losing their minds, quite literally. People's families are crumbling. Uh, it's it, children are being traumatized in a way that I think nobody could have imagined before this COVID. And then you multiply this tragedy by. Billions of people all over the world. And you realize the people responsible for this are criminals of the highest order, Sheila.
0: Yeah, we've seen some numbers come out of Canada for hospitalizations and incidents of like infants who are turning up in emergency rooms with um, injuries related to child abuse. And that's that number has skyrocketed Um, and it's due to, you know, isolation. Uh, segregation of families and the fact that we're telling people don't come to the hospital because the hospitals are overwhelmed and so and kids are not in well where I am kids are in school but in a lot of places kids aren't in school so there isn't that mandated reporter that teacher that person who can see that the child is being abused at home
1: Yeah, and we need to realize, too, Sheila, this is a means to an end. Uh, I believe the suffering that has been imposed on the people of the world, not just Canada, not just most of the American states, but Europe and Australia and and, I mean all over the world, we're seeing this tyranny. Uh, The suffering is not the end goal. This is a means to the end goal. And if you listen carefully, the totalitarians will tell you what that end goal is. They want people to be absolutely desperate for a return to normalcy. They want people to be willing to give up anything for a return to normalcy. And so now we see organizations like the World Economic Forum led by Klaus Schwab saying that, oh, by 2030, you will own nothing. Okay. How are you going to take all my property, right? I'm not going to give you my property. Uh, They know that if people get desperate enough after a year of this craziness, people will be ready to do anything, to give up any freedoms, for even a return to a semblance of normalcy. So we need to realize there is an objective in mind. They're actually talking about the objective now. They refer to it as the Great Reset. We're going to build back better. This is the same language coming out of the United Nations, out of the British prime minister, out of the Canadian prime minister, out of Biden. Uh, This is a global worldwide effort to radically transform society, to completely undermine individual liberty, and to rebuild in a totalitarian fashion, very much along the lines of communist China. And we're seeing this now here, even in some of our freer states. Sheila, I'll give you an example. I was just interviewing a, an activist, and he was telling me about what's happening in Georgia now. They're putting up in some cities these ar- these cameras connected to an artificial intelligence system that will determine whether the slaves are violating COVID mandates if they don't have their so- Face like, diapers on if they're like closer than the, six feet.
0: That sounds just like the Chinese social credit system.
1: It's exactly what it is, Sheila. And this is happening now globally. The social media, the big tech companies are involved. And it is absolutely an atrocity. It must be resisted. And it's going to get worse, folks, if we don't stand up and demand a return to our freedom and a return to sanity.
0: That's a great segue that you brought up China, because I want to talk to you about um, your work on how um, the Chinese state has infiltrated the mainstream media in the West. And that's something that we don't hear a lot about. But, you know, when you are consuming mainstream media and they are not critical of China, there's a big reason for that.
1: That's right, Sheila. And I actually just did a very big investigative report for the New American Magazine focusing on communist Chinese infiltration of everything. They've infiltrated our governments. uh, They've infiltrated our militaries, our defense contractors, our embassies, pharmaceutical companies, including all the big vaccine manufacturers that are peddling these COVID vaccines. Uh, They are now in everything. And, 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 you know, we, we have a saying here in America now. It's gone kind of viral. People say China owns Biden. And yeah, they do, right? Through his crackhead son Hunter Biden, we know, you know he was in business <laughs> with the Chinese. It's not because he's a good businessman, right? It's because he's connected right. to the big guy, as they refer to him in the email. And, and then people are like, "Well, why isn't the media talking about this? Why, you know, even the the con- so called conservative media is not talking about this. This isn't in the yep. Wall Street Journal. What's going on here? Well, now we know." We've got documents proving that communist China is funneling millions of dollars to our media. They're flying American journalists to China and whining and dining them. So there's there several parts to this story. But I'll start with uh, the filings under the foreign agent um registration act it's a it's an act that we have here in the united states that requires agents of foreign governments including americans to register and to file disclosures with the department of justice it's just part of doing business so you have uh companies and foundations that are agents of communist china operating here in the united states filing disclosures about what they're doing one of the things that they're doing they're targeting journals they were paying tens of thousands of dollars to an american lobbying company called blj and they are grooming them. They're taking them to fancy dinners. They're flying them to China and introducing them to senior officials. They're doing the same thing with our politicians, by the way. The organization responsible for this is the China United States Exchange Foundation, CUSF, and it is actually founded by a guy who works for the United Front Department, which is the agency of the Chinese regime that handles overseas influence operations. So the communist Chinese government is taking our journalists, flying them to beijing flying them to shanghai treating them like royalty then they come back and they're bragging in their disclosures about how in exchange for this we got you know great articles great uh, opinion pieces in major newspapers then there's another component to this where uh, Communist China has set up a propaganda organ in the United States. It's called China Daily. It masquerades as a newspaper, but it's really an influence operation. It is 100 percent owned by the Communist Chinese Party state. There's no question about that. It's well documented in its public record. And in their FARAH disclosures, they admit that they are funneling millions of dollars directly to america's media so they've sent millions of dollars to the wall street journal to the new york times to the washington post to the los angeles times to the chicago tribune and in exchange they're getting propaganda pieces appearing in these newspapers that look just like news articles sheila they look just like any other article and then in the bottom in tiny print they say this is a uh, sponsored uh you know uh, article or something like that so your average person sees that they read pro uh, pro chinese propaganda they don't even realize they're reading chinese propaganda And then we've got a 2018 report from the Defense Department, the U.S. Defense Department, that says that Communist China, through subsidiaries, is even buying up radio stations in America and broadcasting Communist Chinese propaganda without even disclosing that these subsidiaries are owned by the Communist Party of China. So why are we not hearing about all this stuff in the media? It's because the media is compromised, Sheila.
0: You know... At least the Chinese have to go through that separate level in America of having to buy off the media. In Canada, they don't have to do that. They just directly infiltrate the political structures. I mean, um, we get news releases from the Canadian government saying that Canada and China agree to work together to advance climate action and clean growth. China, the world's largest consumer of coal. And yet, (laughs) not that I have a problem with coal, but the Liberals keep telling me there's a big problem with coal. Um, But, I mean, this is the continual whitewashing of China on the world front by the Canadian government. So, you know, at least in the United States, there's that extra level of hoops they have to jump through and money they have to spend Um, in Canada. We don't even have that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about... Um, And I know this wasn't on the list of things we talked about, but um, because that's how I came to know you, was at uh, the UN Climate Change Conference. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit and just sort of get your opinion on Biden's cancellation of Keystone XL. I'm not entirely convinced that Biden even knows that that cross-border section is even in the ground. I don't think he realizes that, that it's... Doug, it's like eight feet under the ground. I don't think he knows that. I think that he thinks that that the cross border section isn't even done.
1: Yeah, well, he clearly doesn't understand fully what's going on. In fact, he was caught on a hot mic saying, "I don't even know what I'm signing." He's sitting there like a drunk king signing executive orders. Having I mean, no idea what he's doing. They're just, you know they're just sticking stuff in front of him. Okay, oh, and, and, yeah. and and really, we, we shouldn't mock the guy. It's terribly sad. I mean, you know, if this was our it grandpa, is. we'd say, "Oh my goodness, the poor guy's got dementia. We got to put him in a home quickly." Uh, it's terribly sad. But what's happening is actually a full court press against American energy. And American energy independence, he couldn't do a better job of supporting hostile dictatorships and communist China if he was a member of the CCP trying to support yep. communist China. So I'll give you an example: our, our gasoline prices. They went from two dollars here in Florida when Trump left office. They were two fifty yesterday when I drove past the gas station. So they've gone up fifty cents just in that tiny period since Biden's been in office. But really, this ties right into communist China as well. So the Keystone XL pipeline—it was a fiasco, you know—just. Completely eliminated tens of thousands of high-paying, middle-class jobs that were contributing to Canadian security, American security, uh, energy security. And, I mean, unbelievable he would do that. But the problem is so much larger. I know Canadians are real concerned about that. But the problem is much bigger. I'll give you the Paris Agreement as an example. And it goes right along with this China stuff. You and I were in Paris when they were negotiating this abomination. And what it does And all you have to do is read the thing to see what it does Is it transfers American productive capacity over to China Because under the Paris Agreement They agreed that America was going to slash CO2 emissions by 30% As Obama explained, under my policies Energy prices are necessarily going to skyrocket Well, what is an American business And we've lost so many businesses already But what is an American business that needs energy That needs to be able to operate without hiring an army of attorneys And accountants and compliance officers Supposed to do when energy prices are skyrocketing Rocketing in America when the regulatory environment is becoming more and more oppressive, uh, they're going to look to China because under the Paris Agreement, Communist China agreed to do precisely nothing until 2030. In fact, they said their CO2 emissions are going to continue to increase until at least 2030. And, you know, like you, Sheila, I don't begrudge them their CO2 emissions. I interviewed Trump's climate advisor, Dr. Will Happer, a uh, wonderful man. He said the earth is starving for more CO2. Mm -hmm. He said plants are designed to live in an atmosphere with four to five times as much CO2 as we have. So, you know, God bless the Chinese. They can put out as much CO2 as they want. I don't care. But when you have America, the U.S. government, deliberately shuttering our businesses, knowing full well that those businesses are just going to move over to China, all that CO2 is still going to be released, plus a whole lot of real pollution. Uh, you realize this is not about the climate. If these people believed this was about the climate, they'd be just as concerned about Chinese CO2 emissions as they are about American CO2 emissions. But they're not. So we know this is not about the climate. This is about shutting down what remains of our economy, destroying our middle class, and boosting communist China.
0: You know, that is a really great point about um, how this is just serving to kneecap American manufacturing that was experiencing a renaissance under Trump. We saw the exact same thing play out in Ontario, which is where our manufacturing hub here is in Canada, or it was until they brought in all these green policies that severely harmed the manufacturing sector. And a lot of those businesses moved offshore, ultimately to China, where you can basically do whatever the heck you want and pay slave wages there if they're paying people at all in the case of the Uyghurs and I suppose Nike. Um, uh, And you know, I I bet there's a lot of unions right now who are experiencing buyer's remorse for supporting the Democrats when, uh, I mean, I, I think this is the same all over. The union leadership are dyed in the wool Democrats and Democrat supporters. But the union membership, the Joe Lunchbox crowd, they're more often than not Republicans. And somewhere along the way that switch was made that, um, you know, the the Democrats used to be or they used to claim to be the the party of the working man. But now they're just the party of the elites and the working man party is the Republican Party.
1: That's exactly right. And a lot of the union leaders have spoken out about this probably because they need to. But, you know, for, for generations now, the communists have understood the power of hijacking our labor unions because it means big money that they can use to buy politicians. And it means massive amounts of influence in terms of votes. So, yes. You know, the, the union bosses will pay some lip service. Oh, we support the working man. But in reality, what they're doing is funneling money that they've extracted from hardworking middle class Americans into the campaign coffers of radical, radical totalitarians who oppose everything that their membership stands for. It's... um. It's a tragedy. It's it's an atrocity. There is now more and more resistance against the unions. In fact, we've seen lawsuits now, uh, even the teachers union. We had a, a wonderful teacher in California, Rebecca Friedrichs, who actually serves on uh, uh, the board of an organization that we founded. Uh, she sued the National Education Association all the way up to the Supreme Court and won. She said, look, they're taking my money out of my paycheck and they're using it to support candidates and policies that I find horrifying. How can they do this? And the Supreme Court ruled, nope, they can't do that to you, but it's a long fight ahead uh, you know, for a long time, a lot of our union leaders were anti-communist, and they did support the working class people. They, you know, they truly were interested in higher wages and so on. And so they supported proper border enforcement, so we wouldn't have a flood of uh, cheap, unskilled labor to undercut American wages. But not anymore. Most of the union leadership today, unfortunately, is completely hostile to the American workers they supposedly represent.
0: You know, as you were talking about Keystone XL, I was jotting some notes down because you were talking about how it helps China. But if you want to talk about Russian collusion, um, nothing helps Russia more and Gazprom more than banning fracking. And that is definitely a Joe Biden agenda.
1: You are exactly right, Sheila. And actually at the last climate summit, that's one of the things that we made a big issue. Uh, We had found out that the Russian regime, the the Kremlin and Gazprom were funneling Russian oil money into a shadowy shell corporation based in Bermuda called Klein Limited. Uh, And this is all the paper trail is all there. Our Congress actually discovered this. And of course, the fake media didn't say a word about it because they were trying to spin conspiracy theories about Trump supposedly being in bed with the Russians when really it was the the American environmental groups. And so the Kremlin and Gazprom are funneling money to this shell corporation in Bermuda. And then the shell corporation in Bermuda was funneling it to the sea change foundation in America, which was then distributing it to all these astro group, astroturf groups, like the climate action network and all the rest of it. And. All these dumb environmental groups, all these pseudo grassroots groups were out there saying, we want oil in the ground. Well, who does that benefit? Of course, it benefits Putin and Gazprom in terms of keeping Europe under control and dependent on Russian energy in terms of boosting Russian exports, which for Russia, that's a huge percentage of their GDP and their foreign money coming into the Treasury. So. I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, when they talk about Russia collusion, we ought to hold a mirror right up to their face. And and I I talked to a whole bunch of the guys. I I talked to the Russian team that was at the UN summit. I talked to the activists that were receiving Russian money through Klein Limited and Sea Change Foundation. Nobody wanted to talk about it, but the paper trail's all there. Our Congress released a report about it. And these people, I think, ought to be exposed and held accountable.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about the hundreds of thousands of jobs in America that the russians could kill by funding and the entire anti-fracking movement and yet the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it and the democrats don't want to talk about it because it's their own voter base that's rallying against fracking now i wanted to talk to you very quickly um about big tech censorship um i think we're in for a rough road For the next four years specifically people like you and i who do a lot of our work on the internet and that's where a lot of people find us i think our job going forward is going to be a lot harder mine probably even more so since in canada our government has recently announced i guess a ministry of truth a whole new bureaucracy directed (laughs) at internet censorship they use the words social media violence social media is the internet violence is a thing that you do offline and somehow they've conflated the two to mean I don't know mean tweets um which I mean I'll be straight in the gulag because of that but I for me I think that's cool we'll start a band um (laughs) but I think that's one of the major failings of President Trump is that he did not deal with these social media companies and trust bust the daylights out of them while he had the chance. And I think in reaction to Trump basically using the Internet to win the presidency, he, ha- he should have known that that's what they were going to do to cut him off at the knees in 2020.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Sheila. Trump really should have taken stronger action. He did what he could within the limits of his executive authority. He passed a really great executive order, but um, you know he, he was very limited in terms of what he could do as long as Congress wouldn't act. And unfortunately, even when the Republicans were in charge of our House and our Senate, um, the ones in charge of those Republicans were backstabbing, big government-loving, anti-Constitution uh, rhinos, we call them, Republicans in name only. So they kept funding Planned Parenthood, the abortion group uh they kept funding all of the crazy things that the federal government does they didn't stop any of it and then of course the democrats took over congress so there wasn't much that could be done um, but the social media censorship has gotten out of control. In fact, I was completely deleted from Facebook about a week I and a half that. ago. And then and then, they, then they restored me. It was kind of weird. Uh, on Sunday, I got an email saying, somebody has tagged you. And I think I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not on Facebook anymore. Turns out they unbanned me. Uh, I don't know for how long. I, I could disappear again <laughs> at any time. But what I am encouraged by, Sheila, is the proliferation of alternative platforms. And there are so many people now migrating away. Uh, and there's also something to be said for the old methods, you know, One of the things that we do at the New American, we publish a print magazine and they can't censor our print magazine. So, you know, Google can do its best to hide us on the Internet. Facebook can ban us and and shadow ban us and Twitter and all the rest of it. But. They cannot censor the print magazine, so we're seeing a surge in subscriptions. People are handing them out to friends and neighbors. The truth will get out. You know, people are hungry for the truth. Millions and millions of people who are now awakened to what's going on are—they're not going back to sleep, right? Just because Facebook won't let them see the truth doesn't mean they're going to stop pursuing the truth. So yes, the situation looks dark, and I do encourage people to go to other platforms. But good things are happening too. Sheila. I'll give you an example. Last week I interviewed um, a, a wonderful doctor, Dr. Lee Merritt, who. She was a military doctor. She was the president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, a very highly qualified woman. And uh, right away, the censorship started YouTube. It, it got to I mean, it wasn't a lot of 50,000 views on YouTube. Boom, strike your banned for a week. Uh, but we encourage people to get these videos, download them and share them everywhere. Well, Today, I can proudly report that many millions of people have seen those videos on Rumble, on all different platforms. They've been re-uploaded to YouTube a dozen times. Some of the videos have 500,000, 600,000 views. Uh, And so they can't stop the truth anymore. Uh, Actually, I interviewed Mickey Willis, the creator of the Plandemic documentary, when we were having the Red Mm -hmm. Pill Expo a few months ago. And he told me the secret was just encourage everybody to get it, download it, and share it on their own. And what happened? He said more than a billion people have seen that. So we're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to come up with new business models because, of course, uh, these operations need funding. We can't you know, do journalism unless there's some source of funding. So things are going to have to change, but the truth will continue to get out, Sheila.
0: Well, and nothing makes me want to look at something more than some censorious thug elitist telling me that I can't see it it's the rebellious nature of a conservative I suppose Um, and you mentioned the sort of deep state rhinos um, the Republicans in name only incredible segue it's like you've been in broadcasting or something Um, (laughs) why don't you tell us about your brand new book
1: Well, thank you so much. I'd be happy to. It's called Deep State, the Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. And uh, I actually I've been working on this for a couple of years now. So the first part of the book, I identify the different organizations that are kind of above ground and below ground that are involved in this. We've got uh, some of them Canadians will recognize like the Bilderberg Group. We've got Mm -hmm. different secret societies that are increasingly uh, being exposed. Uh, talk about the bureaucracy and the intelligence agencies. They really came out of the closet during the Trump years, and they just openly started waging warfare on America, on the Constitution, on the elected president of the United States. Uh, part two deals with their methods. How are they bringing this about? I've actually got a chapter on how the deep state in the United States, in London, uh, helped build up communist China into the global threat that it is today. This did not happen in a vacuum. This was not a successful example of communism. This was deliberate collaboration by very powerful people in Washington, D.C., in Canada, in France, in Britain, and uh, in Germany that deliberately built up this monster. So I've got a chapter on that. And then the last section deals with what do we do about it. Uh, if people want to get a copy, uh, I it is available in digital form on Amazon, but I don't recommend people do that. Uh, if people want to get a copy directly from me, if you're in Canada, it's a little bit harder because I've got to charge you the shipping. But you can go to my website. It's org forward slash donate. And if you're willing to cover the shipping, I can ship it up to Canada. If not, you can get a digital version on Amazon. And I do hope people will get it just because, you know, Sun Tzu, the amazing Chinese military strategist, so much wisdom in his book, uh, The Art of War. One of the things that he explained is uh, if you don't know yourself and you don't know your enemy, you're going to lose every single battle. And that's where a lot of Americans and Canadians are right now. We don't know who we are as a people. We don't know our true history. We don't even know what our, our founding documents say. Uh, you know, In our case, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So we don't know who we are. And we certainly don't know who the enemy is, the, the deep state that wants to take our freedoms, that wants to merge us into this crazy global system that looks a lot like communist China's. So uh, what Sun Tzu said is if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. And this book is designed to make sure that we know our enemy, that we know who they are, how they operate and how we can successfully resist. Uh, it's been selling like crazy and that brings me great great joy not because i'm earning a lot but because the truth is getting out there and so thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it sheila
0: you got it uh where else can people find the work that you do and perhaps support the work that you do because um us conservatives we need the help more than ever we're fighting against big tech we're fighting for freedom we're fighting against lockdowns and um it's becoming more and more difficult for people to find us naturally so (laughs) how did people find you and support your work
1: Well, thank you, Sheila. And I hope uh, Canadians appreciate the incredible value that you guys provide. I hope that they support uh, Rebel Media. You guys do amazing work. And there's a lot of us here in America who just love you guys. So uh, I do hope Canadians will will continue helping where they can. Uh, My personal website is libertysentinel.org. I'm the senior editor at The New American. You can find that at thenewamerican.com. You can even subscribe in Canada. We'll get the the print magazine up to you there. Uh, I also write for a lot of different publications. You mentioned the Epic Times and a whole lot of others. Uh, And so I hope people will will share this stuff. As as we mentioned, big tech and Google, they're not going to let this get out organically. It's going to depend on people who are watching this broadcast, sending it by email to their friends, to their family, to their neighbors. That's how people can help. That's how people can get involved in the fight is help get the word out and, and get behind us. Help help get the word out. Help get the truth out. And we can resist these people. So thank you so much again, Sheila.
0: Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a while since you've been on, far too long. We'll have you back on again really soon.
1: Excellent, looking forward to it. Thanks again, Sheila.
0: It is true that big tech is going to do everything it can to censor conservative voices online. It's the equivalent of the British banning the printing press to prevent colonial Americans from disseminating information critical of their across-the-pond British overlords. So the message here is support your favorite conservative media outlet so that they have the resources to fight government censorship when it eventually does come because it is coming. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember... Don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.